Um, but yeah, let's get into today's training. So um, the, the important thing with, with this guys, and the reason why I wanted to have this training is because like I said, all month I've been, you know, focusing on mental health, but specifically like talking to your daughter, talking to your kids about different habits that they can implement, um, different lessons that I've learned from working on my mental health. So if you guys haven't checked out, if your daughters haven't checked out the podcast from earlier this month, please go check them out as well as the daily insights on YouTube. Um, check those out. Cause a lot of those are on mental health as well. I've been getting some pretty good feedback from those, but today's training is specifically for you guys, because as parents, you guys are with your kids more than I am more than they're with their friends, more than they're with their coaches, their teachers, anything like that. And you guys are the big, the anchors, right? The big supporters of them in their mental health. And it's so important because like, I mean, it's always important, but more now more than ever, right? Our kids are really struggling with their mental health, right? We had, gosh, in the last couple of months, we've had several um, college athletes die by suicide. And it's just, kind of a wake up call, not only for me, but I think for everyone that we need to really step up and, you know, better support. So that's why I'm here today. And hopefully you guys get some awesome stuff out of this, whether your child is currently struggling with their mental health or not, this isn't just like, you know, my daughter's dealing with anxiety or depression or whatever it is. It's, it's really like, how can you help your kids to, even if they are in a good, a good spot, these things I'm going to share today are going to help you to better support your daughter and just being more of a, of a welcoming space as it relates to mental health. Um, so let's get into it. Number one. Okay. We're going to go through four things. The number one thing that I want to share is as far as how you can best support your kids is to practice non-judgment. All right. And what I mean by non-judgment is specifically not judging the so-called negative emotions, right? I think in our society, we've learned and we've been programmed to, you know, hide a lot of our emotions, to shame emotions, to, you know, feel embarrassed about certain emotions or, you know, different mental health issues that we're going through. Like my example, and I'm going to give a lot of my stories because I know that I'm not just sitting up here telling you what to do. Like I've been through it. I've lived through it. Um, but for me, when I was a kid, it was like being anxious or saying you had anxiety or your anxiety or saying you had depression was looked down upon. It was something that I didn't tell anybody, number one, because I didn't even know what it was, but number two, because I just felt embarrassed about it. I felt that there was, you know, that I would be judged for whether it was my, my parents or my teammates or my friends. I felt like they were going to judge me as like, there's something wrong with you. We need to get you to psychiatrist. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I just had this fear around, I'm going to be judged for the way I feel and we should never feel that way. And so really for you, this number one is going to open up what number two is, but for you, not only practicing non-judgment with yourself, so not judging your own emotions, not shaming you for feeling anxious, depressed, mom guilt, like all of those things, but also, of course, not judging your kids when they come in and they say, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm having a bad day, blah, 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 right? So not assigning a label or not assigning, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with you. We need to fix you. You're broken, all that kind of stuff. Because when we when we shame and we judge and we say there's something wrong with you, 
then, then kids, teenagers tend to retract and it's like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about how I feel. Right. Because if I talk about how I feel, I'm just going to be judged. So that's the very, very first, first thing that must happen is we have to practice non-judgment as it relates to emotions. All emotions are the same. They're not negative. And they're not positive. They're just there. They're meant to be experienced. So that's number one. Okay. And number, sorry, I just took allergy medicine. So I'm all like stuffy. <laughs> Um, so number two, which number one will open up number two, number two is huge. Number two is opening the door for conversations around the emotions and the feelings, right? Like having that open door policy, the like, Hey, no matter what's wrong with you, no matter if you're having the shittiest day ever, sorry, no matter if you're having the crappiest day ever or the best day ever, like I'm here for you. I'm not going to judge you. Like, please come talk to me no matter what, like being that open door and letting your kid know like that they're allowed to have a bad day. They're allowed to feel like crap. They're allowed to feel anxious, to feel depressed, to feel not good enough. Like these feelings are allowed. And I had this conversation, which it'll be released on the podcast um, this week, but we had, I had a conversation on the podcast where I we were talking about um, suicide and we were talking about how, in my opinion, a lot of the suicide, I, in my opinion, again, I'm not like, I don't know, I don't know everything by all means, but in my opinion, I feel like a lot of it stems from us. And I want to mean, and when I say us, I mean, literally everyone, your kids, you, everyone. I mean, we aren't able to feel our emotions because we, we've been told our whole lives that we're not allowed to feel that way. You're not supposed to be sad. There's no crying in baseball. You're not supposed to be depressed. You're looked down upon if you're anxious or you're depressed or you're having a tough time or you're in the dumps or whatever it is. So letting your kid know that, hey, guess what? You're allowed to feel this way. You're allowed to feel comparison. You're allowed to feel doubt. You're allowed to feel like you just don't care anymore. Right. And when you're when your kid knows they're allowed to feel that way, it's like, my gosh, the biggest weight will be lifted off of their shoulders. And you can practice this, too. I practice this with, with myself all the time. Anytime I feel this like, you know, shame around. Oh, why are you anxious again? Like, I thought we worked through this. Right. Every time that happens, instead of shaming myself like I used to, I'll be like, you know what, Shay, you're allowed to feel anxious. You're allowed to feel sad today. Like you're just allowed. So let your kid know that it's okay to not be okay. Like that, and I know it's like, you've probably heard that term a million times, but I think it's one of the most empowering and freeing statements that you can say to your kid is it's okay to not be okay. So really open up the door for communication. Like I said, when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, I didn't have the open door of communication because I didn't express it. I didn't know how. So having that open door of communication is so important. And it starts with you. It starts with you being vulnerable about your own feelings. It starts with you being, you know, open and non-judgmental with yourself. And then your kids see, oh, mom's okay to be sad. Dad's okay to be depressed. Now I feel like I'm okay to come here too and talk to them. And we can really actually talk about this instead of me just hiding it right? Because that's what happens. That's what happens with, with all of these, these girls. And, and I don't know of any other stories other than the females that um, recently died by suicide, but it's like, nobody knew, like everyone thought they were okay. Like they were hiding it. 
So we have to bring these things to light and we have to open up that door so that our kids can bring those things to light. All right. So that's number two. Um, number three, and I'm looking down because I have my notes right here. Number three is, um, it's a fun one, all right? So we're getting like more more light here. Number three is to instill healthy lifestyle habits as a family. So it's not just you saying, hey, Susie, you need to go do this and this and this and this and this, and it's helping you to improve your mental health. It's like, no, we're going to do this whole thing as a family. And I'm going to give you specific ones, but it's important that you guys develop these lifestyle habits. These aren't just some stupid fad, you know, habits that are going to be one and done. Like these are lifestyle that you guys can implement. You don't have to, obviously it's your decision, but I encourage you to implement these things. And not only is it going to help your daughter with her mental health, with her emotional health, with her confidence, with her physical health, it's going to help the whole family. When the whole family can do all these things together, Boom, game changer. So I wrote down five things um, as far as habits. And I've talked about some of these on my recent podcast. I did at the very beginning of the month. Um, we talked about habits to instill and habits to remove for improvement health. So these will be some, some same, but some different. So number one is obviously one of the most important things for improvement health, diet and exercise. Like I read a study that was talking about exercise movement, especially doing it outside is way more effective than medication. Now there's nothing wrong with medication, um, at all, but like getting outside and just literally taking care of your body is so incredibly important. So if you guys take a nighttime walk or a nighttime bike ride or go outside and play catch in the yard, like get outside and get moving. Okay. I don't need to say much about that, but diet and movement is of the, of the utmost importance to so many different parts of your guys' life. Now, can you actually apply it as a family, right? Instead of doing it all separately, can we do it together? Um, number two, and I am going to go off on this one probably, but having more fun, having more fun. Your kids for the most part are between the ages of eight and 17. And from the girls I talked to and just my own experience, when you play an elite sport, you don't have them, you don't have enough fun, I should say. It's all about your sport. It's all about going to school, coming home, doing your homework, going to your sport, and there's not enough fun. There's way too much structure and not enough fun. Same thing with these college athletes, these girls that recently died by suicide, is I don't, we will never know the reason. Why, right? We'll never know the reason, but my guess is a lot of it had to do with just the pressure, the expectation, the, 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 like, I have to be perfect. I have to do, I have to perform all the time. And it, and it never allows us the chance to have fun. I remember when I was a kid, um, I vividly remember this coming home from school one day and just being like, man, I wish that I could just have fun and be a normal kid. Now I had an amazing childhood. I had fun. I love my childhood, but there were so many times in those teenage years where I, I just, I just wanted to be a normal kid. And I just wanted to have more fun. I wanted to be able to go out at night and play with my friends and run around and climb a tree and go do all those things. And I have to go to practice all the time. <laughs> so I'm not saying to skip practice and do those things, but I am saying prioritize fun, prioritize play, prioritize like unstructured, just going out there and having fun because our lives are so structured right now, especially kids. They need to just go out and play. Our lives are so structured with, with school and with homework and with violin and with soccer and with softball and like all of this stuff. 
that they don't have time to just let loose and have fun. I could go on and on about this, but try to implement more fun. We schedule in our practices. We schedule in our meetings. So why not schedule in fun time? Why not schedule in family time? And if something comes up, you're not going to change it. Like that fun time is on the calendar and it's there to stay. And just because something else comes up doesn't mean that that's more important than this. So I know this one may seem super trivial, but I promise you it's the furthest thing from trivial. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Life is meant to be fun. Kids are meant to be kids. Kids are meant to play. Adults are meant to play. We need to play more. We need to have more fun. Boom. Okay. That's only number two habit out of five. Uh, the next one, and this one is more of, we got three like implements to cut out. Um, one is uh, related to stress management, anxiety management, breath work, breath work, breath work, breath work. The number one thing when my girls ask me, how do I not be so anxious? How do I get out of panic attacks? Because I am a pro at panic attacks. I've had so many panic attacks. I've had anxiety for 25 years of my life maybe more. Um, so I, I would say I'm a pro at handling anxiety and panic attacks. Doesn't mean I don't have it, but I'm just really good at managing it, um, is breath work. Breath work is one of the best ways. Your breath will always bring you back, right? Cause when we're in anxiety, we're thinking about the past. We're thinking about the future. We're in fear by doing breath work. And there are so many different breath work things, which I'm not going to get into here. There's so many different breath work exercises, that can help your daughter to just day-to-day manage the stress of her life. I would highly suggest her doing it before bed, every single night before bed, you guys doing it before bed, but also anytime she's feeling anxious before a game, before a performance, before a test, implementing just a few of those deep breaths um, can really, really be one of the most powerful ways that your daughter can manage and regulate her stress, all right? Now, two things to take out, right? Number one, the news the news. Stop watching the news. Now, if you love watching the news, watch the news or don't listen to my advice. But I will say, obviously the news is meant to make make us anxious. It's the, probably the worst thing we can do for our mental health. I'm not going to get in too much about the news other than um, I know it's not good for your mental health, for your daughter's mental health, for your family's mental health. So if you can, don't watch the news. If you want to watch the news, watch it on your own. Don't watch it with your kids there. Um, and then the second thing is to, uh, sorry, the fifth thing, but the second thing on what we're eliminating is to limit social media. Social media is a perfect picture of everybody's life. It's exactly what they want to show you. It's the perfect picture. It's a perfect video. It's the, the perfect day, right? And that's not reality. Social media is not reality. But when we're scrolling and we see everybody's perfect life, it's reality to us. We think it's their reality. So then we start to compare and we start to say, why is my life not as good as hers? Why am I not as good as, as good of a mom? Why can't I be a better dad? Like what is wrong with me? Right? So social media, yes, it's horrible. Okay. There's good parts to it as well, obviously. Right. But social media can be horrible for your daughter's mental health, but also it can be bad for your mental health. So as a family, again, it's not just saying, hey, daughter, get off social media while I'm going to be on Facebook, right? Like, let's do it together, right? Like, let's do it as a family. So maybe as a family at eight o'clock or seven o'clock each night, 
we are not on social media. We're not on our devices at all. We're going to either sit by ourselves and not be on our phones, or we're going to hang out with each other and not be on our phones. So implementing, I don't care what it is, but just implementing some sort of structure around no social media time. For me, I'm not on social media for four or five days out of the week, right? Like there's just most of the time during the week, I maybe get on social media a couple of times, but like, I don't use it on my phone anymore because it just doesn't help me. It doesn't help my creativity, my mental health, my anxiety, my confidence. It doesn't help it. And so I'm not going to use it. So get really aware with how it affects you, how it affects your daughter and see if we can implement some uh, structures around not using it so much. And I know that's really hard as a parent. That's probably one of your biggest challenges is uh, regulating social media time because um, there's only so much you can do, but try to do it as a family. That way, it's not just like each person's out for themselves. It's done as a collective unit, right? So those are the habits. So instilling the healthy habits. And then the last one is seeking community mentorship, external guidance, that kind of thing. So the reason why this is on the list and so incredibly important, because when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, all the way up to it through college, when I was a teenager, I thought that I was alone. I thought that I was broken. I thought that I was messed up. I thought that I was just like unlucky. I thought that I was cursed. I thought that I was the only one in the entire world that felt the way that I felt. I thought I was the only, like, literally, I'm not messing with you. I literally thought that I was the only one who felt anxious, who felt like this weird outer body, like experience when I had anxiety, who felt this dizziness. Like I was thought that I was the only one. I thought I was the only one who like felt depressed because of my anxiety. Like I, th I thought that was the only one because no one was talking about it. And I've talked to my parents about this. We did a live on it, um, but they didn't know. So they couldn't help me to get me in different situations. And on that conversation I had with my mom, I said, mom, if you could do one thing differently, what would you have done? She said, I would have gotten you help. That was the number one thing she said, I would have gotten you help. And that's why I do what I do to provide support, guidance, help to girls like how I wish I would have received that help. So whether it's receiving help from a, a, a friend, a peer, a therapist, someone like me joining a community like I have with Alpha Girl Collective, like it doesn't matter what it is, but finding your daughter support and help and guidance outside of you. Your guidance is so incredibly important, but it's also important for your daughter to find peers that are going through the same things and also for her to have a guide or a mentor, someone who's been there to really guide her and hold her hand and walk her through these things and say, hey, you're not alone. I've been through it, I've got out of it and I know you can too. Like that would have been an absolute game changer for me in my life as a teenager. And so I think that one is why I wanted to end with that one because it's so important that it doesn't matter who it is again, right? It, 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 I would love for it to be me, but it could be anybody. Like as somebody that you trust, somebody that can just really be there for your daughter and to specifically have a community of girls that are going through the same thing. Because again, the most empowering thing is knowing she's not alone. So I feel like that whole time I was like yelling because I'm so passionate about this stuff and I caught myself yelling, but I'm like, no, I'm just gonna yell because 
this is how I feel like talking right now because I'm excited about it. I'm passionate about it. And it's coming from my heart. Like this stuff, I don't, I don't plan this stuff. Like I think of the things, but I don't like write things down. I don't script anything I do anymore. It's just all from my heart. And, and I, and I do it for you guys. I do it for your daughter. So I hope this training was helpful for you guys. Again, let's go through the four things. Um, and let me know if it was helpful for you guys. Um, but number one, right, is let's practice non-judgment with the emotions that we feel. Uh, no emotion is bad or to be shamed or to be embarrassed about. Like, let your daughter know that. Number two is to open the door for the communication. Like, let your daughter know you're allowed to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. That's number two. Number three is instilling those just healthy lifestyle habits that not only are good for our mental health, but are so important for our physical health too, right? Like if we have bad physical health, that mental health isn't going to be locked in and vice versa. So we have to like, we're all related. They're all connected. Right. And then number four is to seek community for your daughter, seek support, seek guidance. She needs to have someone outside of just her immediate family that can be like, Hey, I'm here for you. I've been there. I'm with you. You're not alone. So I hope this was helpful. If it was, let me know. I love you guys. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the community. Again, all of this month's podcasts are super powerful uh, related to mental health. So go check those out. Also um, on YouTube, check out Inside of the Day with Shay, where I've been going, um, doing a live or not a live, but I've been doing a video and posting on YouTube Monday through Friday with just really quick insights. So they're not more than five minutes long for your daughter to really check out and just get some hits of wisdom and inspiration for her. So go check those out on YouTube, on the Alpha Real Confidence YouTube. And I will see you guys next time and take care. Bye guys.